and uh, just begin to think about what God has done for me and how He has really blessed me. And I know this is a Thanksgiving season, and we should be thankful every day and not just coming on this Thursday uh, when we can have turkey and dressing and, and ham and all these other things, but we ought to be thankful every day. I get up in the morning time, I'm just thankful that I can get out of the bed. And uh, I'm thankful that I have a job. And I'm thankful, you know, there's so many things I'm so thankful for. But most of all, I'm thankful this morning for the Lord saving my soul. I tell you what, I'm so thankful for that this morning. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Genesis. And uh, uh, I'm going to begin reading in chapter number 6. I probably got the... Uh, 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 boy back here in the back, Brother Jonathan, I probably got him confused, but I'm going to start reading in chapter number 6, and I just want to talk this morning, and I'm just going to talk to you this morning, just a few minutes, and I believe most of all, I want to kind of talk to the family this morning, and I know it's, this is a thing, uh, probably said, well, he should give a Thanksgiving message. Well, I'll wait till the next one I'm preaching this morning, but anyway, uh, I just want to preach this morning out of, out of the book of Genesis, chapter number 6 and chapter number 7. I'm not going to do it all, uh, but I'm going to give you what, I, what the Lord's given me, what I was pinning down uh, Friday when I was sitting over there, and the Lord just dealt, dealt with my heart. I just felt like crying a while ago. I did. Uh, I'm so full this morning, I just felt like just letting it come out. And that's why you get empty, you know, just through the tears. I just felt like just, just crying and boo-hooing. When they was singing that song thank, about Calvary, just saying, thanks for the Lord and the thing that he did, he hung on that cross for you and I. But as I want to begin reading this morning here in chapter number 6, I'm going to just skip verses and try to get to where the Lord has, uh, has got me this morning. But in chapter number 6, I want to begin reading in verse number 3 and then we'll skip down and I'll skip and skip to get to where I want to be. But in verse number 3, the Bible said, and the Lord... And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he hath he had also his flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. So God has set a date there. He said, They're gonna, I'm gonna let man live for a hundred and twenty years. He said, and then he comes on down and says, and it, in verse number six says, and it, it repented and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him. At his heart. You know, I just noticed that this morning, how the Bible says that it grieved God at his heart. It grieved him at his heart. Then verse number seven says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made man. But I like verse number eight. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible says in verse number 13, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them uh, with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Runes shalt uh, th shall thou make in uh, the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of, of it 50 cubits, and the height 30 cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above, like Brother Allen said this morning, look up, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, 
with lower and second and third stories, thou shalt make it. Now here's what I like. Chapter number 7. Well, verse number 22, it says in chapter number 6, it says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, to, so he did he. Ver, chapter number 7, verse number 1, And the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. I begin to think about that in this generation. In this generation. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to you this morning, talking about that ark this morning. I want you and I, and, and everybody in this church this morning, just use your imagination this morning. And I don't know if it's up there on the, on the screen yet or not, but I want us to use our imagination this morning. I believe it took faith. F-A-I-T-H. I believe that's what it took for Noah to get in that ark, to build the ark to start with. Listen, there was no water around that ark. There was no water when he started building that ark. But I want you and I, I want us to take this one. I want us to, how many of you have ever been on a cruise? How many people have ever been on a cruise? Have we got it up there, Brother Jonathan? Let's take a cruise this morning. That's my title this morning. Let's take a cruise. Now here's Noah, the man that found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and God told him exactly how big to build that ark. Now I've never seen the ark. Uh, they've made a, a replica up in uh, 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 Kentucky. And one of these days, and as soon as my wife gets well, I believe I'm going to take me several days off work, and I'm going to try to go see that ark because uh, the dimensions of the ark is... It's 440 foot long. It was 72 foot wide and 43 foot high. Now, Noah, it took him 120 years to build that ark. I mean, he, he worked, I believe, every day. But Noah was willing to get on the, on the boat. Uh, it shows me he was a man of faith. And uh, here's a good question. I mean, this is a good question. We're going to go on that cruise this morning, but here's a good question. I want to ask Noah this question this morning. Noah, how are you going to steer that ship? How are you going to steer that boat that you're building, that ark that you're building? I don't remember anything there where it said that he had to have a rudder or he had to have some kind of steering wheel or something. How are you going to steer that ark? I believe Noah answered like this. I don't know. But I begin to think about this. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. God was going to steer that boat where he wanted it to go, that ark where he wanted it to go. Here's another question. Noah, uh, where, are you going, where are you going to go, Noah? Where are you, where are you headed, Noah, in that, that ark? I believe those people came up and made mockery of Noah. So where are you going in the boat or the ark there? I believe Noah answered, uh, I believe he answered over and says, I don't know. I've never been on a cruise before. Listen, I believe you and I that have been on a cruise, I believe when we went to, uh, to uh, get on the ship there, I believe we were set out for a destination. We knew where we was going. But Noah got on that ark by faith thinking 
And knowing he didn't know how to steer that ship, he didn't know how to, he didn't know where he was going, but he was willing by faith to step on that ship. Now here's Noah's wife. You ladies, and Brother Allen kind of hit on this this morning, but here's Noah's wife. Noah's wife, who gets on the boat with her husband, who has never sailed a ship before, who's never sailed a boat before, and doesn't have a wheel to turn that that boat and doesn't have a rudder to steer that boat and there's only one door and she's stepped on that ship by faith. One door, one window. And then here's Noah's sons. Noah's sons got on the boat because they believed like dad believed. Can I say to you this morning, daddies and mothers and all, your children are watching everything that you do. I'm telling you what, you need to be like Noah there as Noah walked up the plank there to get on that boat or that ark of that day or that morning. I believe that his children said, hey, if dad's got enough faith to get on that boat there or that ark there, I believe we'll just follow along. You know what, 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 you know what excites me this morning? As I was sitting back there in the back of the, on the back pew this morning, what excited me this morning to see my two sons up here singing for the glory of the Lord. I mean, they, they have tried to follow me everywhere I've gone because they believe what Dad believes and they believe what he's doing is right. So Noah's sons, they got on the ship there. But I want to say to you this morning, Noah, it saved his whole household. I believe if there's anything I want to encourage you to do today is to make sure that you're doing all within your heart or all within your power is to save your household to the glory of God, to Jesus Christ. I'm saying this morning it takes faith this morning to do these things. It takes faith. So I'm saying because what happens is a lot of people don't believe that what as it is, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. So people say Noah had it easy raising his children. He, he, had, it, he had it easy raising those kids, those two boys there. I mean, with everything the way, I mean, everything was different back then. Not really. It wasn't different. I mean, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. I mean, I believe you and I have the same temptations that those kids had. I believe we have the same temptations that Noah had. I believe we have the same temptation that his wife had. I mean, they, had, they, had to, they faced the same generation. I mean, they faced the same things that we're facing today. I mean, every man, men's hearts were turned uh, to wickedness continually. And God said, I am not going to strive with them forever. I mean, they had the same pressures and the same trials and the same troubles and all these other things that they had there. They had the same thing we have today. Brother Allen kind of touched on that this morning a lot of times. I mean, hey, I, I get discouraged a lot of times uh, on the job there. I get discouraged, you know, and my son knows I get discouraged. I mean, we go there and we do everything right there and all of a sudden they want something changed. And I say, hey, make up your mind what you want uh, when you're building your house. So how do we compare Noah's generation? Listen to me. How do we compare in Noah's, to Noah's generation? Consider what God sees when God looks down and He looks down upon this earth today. I believe that God looks on a generation 
that has a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. He looks down in this, this church today, and I'm saying to you today that God looks down on this church today, and He sees a church with people in it that has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. You say, how do you know that? Because I don't believe with all my heart this morning, and I don't know anybody's heart this morning, here this morning, but I'm saying to you this morning, I believe God looks down and He knows every heart in this building this morning. I mean, he looks at a generation that knows what the Bible says. But they don't believe what the Bible says. I believe there's people, I, we, we talk to people all the time, and they got, they got all kind of, all kind of uh, uh, things to say about the Word of God, what it means and what it don't mean, and they never come to the house of God. So they just got a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. We've exchanged, do you listen to me this morning? We have exchanged the truth for a lie. What is right is wrong. And what is wrong is right anymore in the generation that you and I live in. So he said, he said, God told Noah, God saw, God told Noah that in his generation there, he sees our generation as he sees Noah's generation. We still have to win our household. As I look out this morning, I, I thank God that, that you know, just by, the, by what the testimony that my children have, I have two sons, I have two daughter-in-laws, I have some grandchildren, but I'm saying I don't have as many as Brother Allen does. He's fixing to have his 10th great-grandchild. I'm saying to you, I have two sons, two daughter-in-laws, I have, I have uh, two, two girl of grandchildren, and I have five boys, I think four boys, but I'm just saying to you this morning, we have to win our generation, or we have to win our families there. You may not win the world, and I'm not out to win the world, but there's one thing I want to do. I want to make sure that I win my family. Brethren, if you live, if you, and Brother Allen mentioned this this morning, we're going to be, when we get to heaven, you know, there's going to be three real surprises when we get there. When we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised to see people that are not there that we thought that would be there. And then the second thing, we're going to be surprised that people are there that we thought wouldn't be there. And then the third thing, we're going to be surprised that we're even there. But I'm saying to you this morning, I want to be, I want my family, I want all my children, I want all my daughter-in-laws, I want all my grandchildren, I want them to see something in me that'll make them want to be uh, close to the Lord as I am. Amen. Make sure your family knows what you believe. Brother, my family, my sons, I have, I have taught them I taught them when they was growing up, I always tried to teach them. I said, you give, and it shall be given unto you. I mean, if you'll just give unto the Lord. I mean, when you get a dollar, you give, them a, you give the Lord a dime. That's all He asked for. The government asked for about 40% of your money, but God only asked for 10%. I'm saying we ought not have to give the government more than we give God. I'm, I'm just, just the way I feel this morning. But make sure your family knows what you believe. What makes a difference in a family? I believe here's what makes a difference in a family. Is faith. Is faith. 
Faith makes a difference when it comes to the family. Faith makes a difference. I want my children, and they've always watched what daddy's done. But Noah believed what he, had, what he had been taught by his grandfather, Methuselah. I believe Methuselah probably sat down with Noah one day and said, Noah, you know God created the heavens and the earth. You believe, Noah, do you believe that God created? Yes, sir, I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Do you believe, Noah, do you believe that God formed man from the dust of this earth? And Noah said, yeah, I believe he created man from the dust of this earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. I believe that. Noah had faith and because he had faith, God saw him in a wicked generation and God gave him grace. Amen. Thanks be unto God. We live in a wicked generation. But thanks be unto God, He's still giving the grace of God to you and I each day. I heard on the news, I was watching the news a while ago, the first thing that I, the first time that I see, I'd already heard about it, but this is the first time that Fox News had it on news where a preacher out in Arizona was out on the streets preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and somebody came by and shot him in the head. He's still living, but he is in, he's fighting for his life. Listen, can I say this to you? It's coming to the church. You believe that or not? It's coming to the church where people don't want you and I to come and gather together and worship God in spirit and in truth. So Noah had faith. The Bible teaches you and I, without faith it is impossible to please God. You can't please God unless you've got faith. You can't please Him. So when others begin to mock Noah, Noah said, I still believe. Listen, can I say this to you this morning? I've had people come to my door and knock on my door and try to convince me that I'm not, I'm not right and, you know, we're, we're not serving a, a real God and, you know, we're, we're just, that Bible's not right and all these things. They begin to tell me all these things there. Hey, and I still, I still believe this old black book. I still believe that it's the Word of God. And I still believe that's the way I got saved by listening to the Word of God. Listen to a man of God stand and preach that Jesus went to the Calvary's cross and Jesus laid His life down a ransom for you and I. And Jesus let them put them nails in His hands and His feet there. And Jesus let them drop Him down in that grave tomb there. And I'm saying this to you this morning. And I've been there when I've been there to Calvary. I've been there when went to the tomb there. And I looked into that tomb there. And I looked in. And I I wasn't looking for Jesus. I just wanted to see where they laid Jesus. He wasn't there. He's gone back to the heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. And one of these days, He's coming back to get us. Amen. He's coming back. When they talked about Noah, made jokes about him as he continued to drive those nails into that ark there, he said, I still believe. Hey, it's been 50-something years or 51 years that I've been saved. I've been saved for 51 years and I still believe. 
You can come to my house. You, you JW, the JWs can come to my house and try to convince me there's not a place called hell. But I tell you what, if there wasn't a place called hell, I'm, they're just wasting their time and they're wasting mine because I believe my Bible teaches you and I that the devil and all of his angels and those that are unsaved will, will be, will be uh, cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. I'm saying to you this morning, I believe, I still believe what the Word of God has to say. I'm saying to you this morning, where's your faith today? Have you still got the faith that you had when you first got saved? Jesus says, have faith in God. Some people say that that's hard to do. It's hard to have faith in somebody that you've never seen. Can I say this to you this morning? It's not that hard because you've got faith in something this morning. I mean, you've got faith in something this morning. You had faith in that automobile when you sat down in the seat there and turned the key. You had faith enough to think that thing was going to bring you to church this morning. Can I say this to you? You had faith enough this morning that when you turned the light switch on, you thought you was going to have some lights. I mean, I can't see. I can't see that electricity. But I got faith enough to believe that those lights are burning. Can I say this to you? The only thing that you can put your faith in this morning is that the will that, that will never fail is the, the put your faith in God Almighty. That's the only place that you can put your faith that it will not fail. You can put your faith in finances. And you know, people, we said some, there was something in that song a while ago that I want to be a millionaire. I'm saying this morning, I don't care nothing about being a millionaire. I'm already rich this morning. My father owns everything around here. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he even owns the hills there. But I'm saying you can put your faith in finances, and finances is going to fail you one of these days. You can put your faith in other men, and other men will fail you one of these days. Or either you can put your faith in God, and He will never fail you. He said, I will never fail thee or I will never leave thee. I will be with thee even until the end. I'm saying to you this morning, he can't leave me. Can I say to you this morning that when Noah and his family went in that ark this morning to take that cruise that they went on, that when they went in there and, 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 and made, it up the, made it up the ramp there and got inside the ship, who shut the door? God shut the door. Can I say to you that's just like being sealed in until the day of redemption and nobody can open that door but God. So don't tell me I can lose what I got. I didn't buy it anyway. It was free. So I'm saying to you this morning, I don't have my trust put in anybody or any money, but I've got my faith and trust put in Jesus Christ. Now, how do, you, how do you respond? How do you respond in a generation like Noah's generation? In a generation like going to church is, is, is not the norm. You know, they was, they was people when I lived on, on, uh, on Laurel Road there, our, our driveways backed up to each other. Brother Green's drag, driveway and my driveway. But if my car didn't leave that church on Sunday morning, they knew somebody was sick or something was wrong. Can I say to you this morning, 
I know people are watching you and I. Every time we come to church, we ought to have a good time in the Lord. We ought to praise the Lord. We ought to shout the victory that we can even come to church this morning. We don't have to hide in underground underground churches there, but we can we can worship God openly. But I'm saying to you this morning, when people see us coming to church there, every day these people come by the roads there and they say, you and I are coming in. That's not of the norm there. That's not normal for you and I. We ought not to be coming to church every day. You know, maybe come one time a week or one time a month or maybe one time a year. Maybe we could come on July the 4th or, or maybe we could come on Labor Day or maybe we could come on a, a, a Christmas or maybe we could come on New Year's. But I'm saying to you, we ought to come every time the, the doors of the church are opened up. Uh, not just to hear me and not just to hear Brother Ward and not just to hear Brother Adam or Brother Chris or some of these other preachers, Brother Greg, but I'm saying we ought to come to church for one reason, and that reason is to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Fathers, how do you respond when you go to, go to work on Monday morning? I mean, when the co-workers ask you, why do you pray? Why do you sit over there by yourself and read that little New Testament? How do you respond? I say this to you this morning. Noah behaved like he believed it. I'm saying to you this morning, for 50-something years, I've tried to behave like I believe what Jesus done for me on September the 17th, 1972. Amen. I mean, when, whenever the world and the flesh and the devil, and they've done all they can to discourage you, don't hide in your faith, but show, show faith and stand up for what you believe. Amen. Why? That's my question. Why? Because your children are watching what you do. Listen, I believe Noah's kids, those two boys, I believe they watched Noah as he walked. I believe they watched Noah as he worked. They said, my daddy's a worker. My daddy don't quit. They watched him while he walked. He walked upright. He walked straight. He walked, he walked like a Christian and, 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 and he worked. And, and, and not only that, but not only did they watch him as he worked and as he, as he walked, but I believe they watched old Noah as he witnessed. I believe old Noah stood out there for 120 years nailing those nails there. And I believe not only was he nailing those nails there, but I believe he was trying to be a witness to, for the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe trying to get some of those people to believe that there was going to be a flood. I believe that. Your children are watching you. I, you know, I, I thought about how my kids, uh, what, what, what do they see that you do on a regular basis that makes them believe that you actually stand up for the truth. I mean, on a regular basis. What do they see you do on a regular basis? I'm glad that my son takes up the offering. I'm glad that they come down and take up the offering there. And I'm glad that my son sees me Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday drop my offering in the offering plate. They're watching you. 
Your children are watching. Mother, what do you do when your neighbors over there say, hey, you need to compromise your convictions. You need to compromise what you believe. Mother's what you're going to do. i tell you what you need to do. Have faith in God. Just have faith in God. Here's another thing. Father, what message are you preaching to your children today? They're watching every day. Noah was a faithful man. His children watched him. Uh, they may not have understood, and my kids may not have understood everything that I do, did or everything that I was doing, but because they trusted me, they did what Dad did. Amen. You might well shake your hand, head up and down or, or something other, but hey, let me say this to you this morning. They don't understand everything that you do, but they're watching everything that you do. And because they trust what you do, they're going to do what you do. I mean, your children may not understand why you come to church. They may not understand that as a little kid. They may not understand why you give. But if they trust you, they'll do the same thing. Listen, I don't... I, I don't have... I, when I was at, when, when we was raising our children there, it was never in our house on Sunday morning to ask me, are we going to church? I mean, my kids didn't come and say, Daddy, are we going to church this Sunday morning? I mean, if we got to go to church this Sunday morning, why we got to go to church? They never asked that question. We always, as a family, we always got in the, in the car and, or got dressed and got in the car and we always made our way to the house of God as a family. I mean, we take vacations still. I mean, my, one of my kids is, I believe he's 41. The other one's 39. My two daughter-in-laws there, I'm not going to tell you how old they are, but... As a family, we still take vacations together. I, brethren, we, we're a close-knit family. But I'm saying to you this morning, we wouldn't be a close-knit family if they hadn't been watching Dad, if they hadn't been watching the things that I do, and they hadn't watched everything that I do and everywhere I go and all these other things. We wouldn't have been a close-knit family because they wouldn't have trusted what I did. Listen to me this morning. When we go on vacation, we go to church. Amen. Listen, the first thing my wife does is when we plan a vacation, the first thing she does is try to find where there's a local church in that town that we're going on vacation. I, I probably haven't told you all, I, I may have told some of you that I like church so good I love going to church. Miss Arnold's here to verify what I'm fixing to say. One, one, one New Year's, we was in, in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And uh, brother, brother Arnold wanted to go to church. 
a watch night service. And I had been to the Dixie Stampede, and I told them, we came out, met Brother Arnold, Miss Arnold, and uh, we, we, we met them, and Brother Arnold said, y'all want to go to church? And I said, yeah, man, I want to go to church, but let me go home and put on a coat and tie. I like to be dressed up when I go to church. We got there, and me, Brother Arnold said, I, I know where there's a church at that's having a service there. Boy, it's, it, it's got to be good because these cars parked everywhere. I mean, they're all over the place there. Parking lot's full, all in the road's full. There. So we get to that church, and we pull in there and park on the side of the road, me and Brother Arnold and Joshua. We get out of the car. I got my Bible. We walk up to the door, and we say, Y'all having a watch night service tonight? They said, No, we're having a, 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 a wake. Would y'all like to go in and see the body? We said, no, no, we don't, we don't want to go in and see the body. I don't know him. Brother Arnold says, I'm going to, he said, well, with me, and, me and Sister Arnold, we're going to go back to the cabin over there. And I told Josh, I said, let's go. So we go back down the road, and I pull in at this other church. Oh, man, it's just cars everywhere. We pull in there, and me and, me and Josh get out. I grab my Bible under my arm. We go up there and open up the door to go into the church. And Josh said, I smell cake. The lady comes by. Josh says, are y'all having a watch night, sir? No, we're having a wedding. I told Josh, I said, let's go to the cabin. I said, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it two out of three. That's how much I love going to church. I mean, all you got to do is mention church and I want to go. I want to be there. I want to be everywhere I believe the Lord is. I want to be there. What's the message? While your children, while they're young, while they're curious, while they may not understand everything, what, what, you know, they might not under, understand everything, but what you, you show them is what they will want for their life. Noah set a right example. He was considered, he was consistent in that his children never questioned what he was doing. You know, I can just imagine this. This is the only thing I can imagine. Can you, only, can you just imagine? That's the reason I said use your imagination. I've got a big imagination. But I got to thinking about, here comes Noah. He comes in that night. He's been working all day. He's hot. He's sweaty. He don't feel good, and his wife says, "Nope, don't come in that door. Don't get that sawdust on my. Don't get that sawdust on my. Don't get it on the floor. You smell. You stink. Your clothes stink. You need to go back outside. Could you only imagine that?" She looked at the kids. She said, "There's your dad again. He thinks there's going to be a flood." No, I don't believe that. I believe his wife was. Consistent with Noah there. She believed what Noah believed. She believed that there was going to be a flood. This is the kind of example you set for your children. It will determine whether or not they get on that ark of salvation. What you do. The way you, the examples you set. I know that my kids got saved after they came to victory and all. But I tell you what, I believe the example that you try to set before them, that's the reason they got saved, is because the example that was set before them. 
and the word of God that was preached and they got saved. Listen, Noah had to build his ark of safety. Thanks be unto God that Jesus Christ is my ark of salvation this morning. Let your children see what a mighty God we serve today. When we can't, He can. When we don't know, He does. When we're out of answers, I believe He's got the answers. Have faith in God because all things are possible to them that believe. The flood's coming. The flood is coming. I believe this because he says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And brother, I don't believe this book has told me a lie. I believe this black book has told me the truth that there's a flood coming. You better get in that ark of salvation. Kids, you better get in. You better get in before it's too late. Let's pray. Brother Greg, come this morning. Our Father, we thank you this morning for what you've done for us. Thank you for that ark of safety in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And Father, as we come this morning, we want to thank and praise you for what you've done for us. Thank you and praise you, Lord, that you're still God on high. Thank you this morning that, Lord, one of these days you're coming back. And, Lord, we just pray this morning that you'll just have your way in this invitation. We'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen.